This conversation was recorded on May 14, 2016. I am ready. I'm ready. I'm always ready. I'm ready. You're already ready already. That's it. Did you have something to talk about? Do you have a topic for us today? Oh, you said you had a new idea. Well, we'll see how it goes. Is Oh, we're doing that new idea today? I thought I'm going to give it a shot. Just popping me with it, right? Just bang. It's kind of like snacking more so than uh, like deep diving into a specific thing. Okay. We're going to have a little bit of repartee. Is that a, kind of a party, like a French party? Word party's in there. Are you partay? <laughs> I heard it in there. I'm with the rep part, but yeah, we're going to have a partay. Maybe we'll call it explain a proverb. Explain a proverb. Well. So I figured what we do here. That might not be that easy, actually. Yeah, I know. Some proverbs are very difficult. <laughs> That's basically what I'm going to get at. Oh, you're going to do difficult proverbs. Well, thanks well, a lot. They may or may not be difficult for you. But they're kind of head scratchers for me, and so I thought, you know, just Could throw be a few head scratchers for me too. See what happens. Well, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, people can't hear me scratching my head. I don't think so. These will all be out of Proverbs twenty-seven. All out of the same. I got, uh, I got five of them lined up. We'll just see how they go. Well, so let's go after it, shall ready we? Ready whenever uh, you are. Some you're ready the, when I am. I mean, I, I'll obviously I'll. I'll, I'll read well, it Well, obviously, you. you're not ready at all, I mean, because you said you had difficulty with these. I'm ready to discuss them. Oh, okay. But I'm not you're ready, ready to discuss to... them, but you won't have much to say? I don't know. We'll find out. About to find out. Okay, let's have an experience. <laughs> let's, let's have like, a Ray Partey. Let's do this California style. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. You know how many Californians it takes to change a light bulb? I'm sure you're about to tell me. I'm going to tell you. It takes five. One to change the bulb and four to share in the experience. Nice. California joke. Mm. It's not funny anymore out there, though, you know? It's getting less funny. Yeah. Verse five. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Most people don't believe that. Most people don't agree with that. No. I would see why they they wouldn't. Because love is... Well, we've got two things here that, you know, uh, two things that are one is very good and and the other that's just not good at all. So I think this one's pretty easy, actually, but most people do not agree with it. What's secret love in this in this case? This isn't, this isn't secret like God's love. What's love. a secret? A secret is that thing which is not revealed, right? Yeah, well, what's Never wrong with said. having a secret love? We have here talking. You know, rebuke, a rebuke is a talking. Right. And uh, with rebukes. Chastising. Yeah, I mean, this is... this is. Um, most people think that's bad, right? Let's just say most people don't want to be rebuked. Exactly. In private, let alone openly. We have uh, uh, some parallelism here, a contrasting parallelism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got open and rebuke, and you've got secret and love. And so open is contrasted with... Secret. Secret. And rebuke is contrasted with love. And, and, and rebuke... You wouldn't think, for example, I wouldn't think necessarily mm-hmm. that rebuke would be an, a necessarily contrast with love. With love, I would, I would put hate and love. But here it is. Yeah. Here it is, right? Right. 
because the scripture actually teaches us that, um, you know, if you rebuke a scorner, you're wasting your breath. He, he, he hates you for it. But if you rebuke a wise man, he will love you for it because um, it takes a wise man to appreciate rebuke. Rebuke is a uh, firm set of words contrary to what somebody's doing. You don't rebuke someone for doing the right thing. No. You rebuke them for doing the wrong thing. You praise them for doing the right thing or you commend them. Yeah. But with rebuke, you criticize them. Stop doing that, Jared. And people don't like to be rebuked as a is rule. Rebuke the same thing as like reproof? Yes. Mm-hmm. Reproof, correction. You mean you're talking about the scripture that says that the scriptures are profitable for, for reproof and correction? Yeah. It is, yeah. Same thing. So a rebuke is actually can be in love. Well, it is in love. Uh, the point is, it it's is. It's best for them because it's, it's correction. Yeah. Knock it off, you know, is uh, yeah. is a good thing to tell somebody when, when they need to hear it. But is an open rebuke, can that be embarrassing? It can be. It is embarrassing. You know, as a rule, it is embarrassing. What's wrong with you know, a lot of times rebuke. we go about rebuke with, you know, the most careful wording we can pro- possibly put on it so that nobody's offended, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. let's talk about secret love for a minute and find out why open rebuke is better. Secret love is unexpressed love. Nobody knows that you do, you know. So it's a secret to yourself. A secret from the one like loved. Secret between two people, maybe. Well, it's a secret from the one being loved. Mm. That's the idea here. And that is. Tell them if you love them. Huh? You should tell them. Yeah, you should. Otherwise, what good is it? Point taken. Yeah. It's no good at all. Hmm. See? That's why an open rebuke is better because it is good. All right. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. I'm warming you up. Are you ready for the next one? However, you got more to say on this one? Most people don't don't agree with that. Yeah. Hmm? Verse eight. A bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man that wanders from his place. I don't get this one. Really? Not at all? Well, it's like, okay, a bird wanders from her nest, so she goes outside of her house, and she's looking around. She walks away, maybe gets lost. I don't know. Well, what happens when a bird wanders from its nest? Now, this isn't just a bird's going out shopping for worms. This is like it gets lost or like it's leaving its home. What's what happens to the nest when the bird wanders away from it? Perhaps nothing. Maybe nothing. Maybe. Best thing that can happen. Another bird will come and perch in it. Or maybe a predator will come and the eggs. steal the eggs from the nest. Mm. Bad things can happen to that nest when the bird's not there. So this is somebody that leaves themselves open to... Yeah, now let's talk about wandering from your place. Because, of course, being where you're not supposed to be, you know, I mean, if you're supposed to be defending your post, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea here is that, you know, you belong in this spot and you wander away, just like a bird wandering from its nest. Why do you say that? Because the man has a place that he wanders from and that place is where he's supposed to be. Yeah, now let's talk about place for a minute because we can take, for example— you're a sentry on duty, and you wander over to the vending machine, yeah. and you linger there, 
and while you're away from your post, a thief comes or whatever. Right. But let's broaden the concept of place a little bit, and we'll find much better application on this. Because you got to find your place in life. you got to know your place. Mm. And a lot of people wander, let me just say, from who they are. They want to be somebody else. Yeah. This is the thing I, found, I find most commonly in the application of this proverb, is that people, especially guys, but women too. Yeah. All right, I'm a guy, so I find it more common with guys that they just don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes want to be somebody else. They don't know their limitations, and they wander into things they shouldn't. Yeah. You've probably seen this professionally, if we could take it to a level that, you know, isn't so personal, we can't really talk about it very much. But think about it professionally, right? We're both in the broad, we're in the technology business, software. Mm-hmm. We understand about that. Take certain kinds of people in the software. Every once in a while, you come across somebody that wants to program, and maybe they were good technically somewhere else, and they start wandering into programming, and you start saying, uh, maybe you're not exactly cut out for this. Oh, I really want to be a programmer. And you find him, and this could apply to any profession, sure. really. Mm-hmm. And you find, you know, a guy who is perfectly good at this thing, actually excellent at this thing, yeah. wants to now do this other thing where he's no good. It's like the kicker who wants to play quarterback. And next thing you know, Garrow, your premium is throwing an interception in the Super Bowl. That's yeah. before your time. Or it's like the, what's the Peter principle? You get, you get, you, you get keep getting promoted till, until you're incompetent. You're a great developer. I bet you make an even better manager, manager. of developers. Yeah. And then you wonder, hmm, I could be that guy. And then you realize, oh, I can't be that guy. And then you're the worst manager ever. Right. Yeah. I see this all the way down with my kids, uh, specifically Levi. Wandering know? from his place? No, but wanting to be somebody else, you know? Yeah. And. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good choice. You, you, I mean, it's a logical and reasonable thing because now you're picking on the third kid, right? Right. Well, Lila's going her way. Wesley has to go a different way. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to out Lila Lila. She's got, what, two years on him? Almost. Almost. Too big an edge. Right. If he goes that way, he's going to steal all of the attention, which he's pretty good at anyway. So he has to go a different way. So yeah. he does. He goes the Wesley way. Here comes Levi going, if I go Lila's way, I'm going to be under the Lila umbrella, and she's going to get all the sunshine and rain. Right. If I go Wesley's way, I'll never, nobody will even know who I am. Yeah. Because Wesley's over there occupying that entire space. Yeah, who am I going to be? Who am I going to be? Am I, how do I be Levi? Right. And he maybe he oscillates between being Lila and Wesley, and neither one of those is Levi. But he's vying for attention, like being a third child. Like, yeah. get this, all right? So yeah, so he struggles with that. Even yeah, well, I, you know, four, my, I had one old. brother that sort of went athletically, sort of. And another, oh, if he's listening, he may take offense, but sort of. And I had another brother that went academically. I mean, I've had to draw the line as well. Definitely not athletically. Mm-hmm. So he went the other way there, and so. I felt in competition that I had to be better academically than this brother and better athletically than that brother in order to be valid to my father. Mm-hmm. And basically, and that wasn't true, but, you know, there I was knowing that I had to compete to be. Yeah. I never had that experience at well, all. Because you're a second child. You didn't have a third. 
I talk to your brother. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's not Erica. He's not Jared. Right. Yeah, Levi falls right into that place that my brother Michael falls into. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And as a parent, you go, well, he's not Wesley. Right. Or he's not Lila, depending on how you feel that day. Yeah. About who 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 you most approve of at the moment. Well, we've started to adopt this this phrase that that I came up with around the house, which I think is starting to help. And it's it's just this: I like Levi. Yeah, Levi needs to find out who and Levi is. I, be Levi. That's what I tell him when he's acting like somebody else. I'm like, you know what? I like I like Levi. I like Levi. I like that's, Levi. A, that's a good. I think that's a very good statement to make. Puts him at ease. But yet still, you know, yeah, Levi not, needs I mean, to find – you know who Levi you, – you know, you're you're beginning to know who Levi is and isn't. Right. You grasp it way better than he does. Probably when you say, I like Levi, he smiles and everything, but he, that doesn't mean he knows his place yet. No. Yeah. Yeah. But so I he, know Levi a little bit. Levi. I also like Levi. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of – Yeah, we hope he finds his place, you know, as he grows older. But Yeah. So that's – you think there's an application from this. But will Ezra ever find his place? Yeah. You have to find your place before you can wander from it. Well, maybe not, you know. Or you're put in the place. Maybe you don't know your place and you're just wandering from it all the time without really knowing. I mean, there are – there. it is a character flaw to not know your place. Hmm. And A character flaw. I th- yeah. Not it's just a, a circumstantial. Flaw. No, I think that uh, guys that don't know their place would always say it's circumstantial. Hmm. But uh, if you think about it, just even for a little while – you realize that you do have a place. Yeah, sometimes you don't like it. You don't yeah, like I mean, the place. scripture says the criticism, right, mm-hmm. is a man wandering from his place. Therefore, the scripture says there is a place for you. Now, some people are anxious about that. Like, I don't know what my place is. That's one problem. But a worse problem is I don't like my place. Mm. Um, that's discontentment, right? Yeah. You see a lot of discontentment. And, of course, the great lesson of life, according to the apostle, is I've learned what? No matter what the circumstance, right. I've learned to be To content. be a base or to abound. To be content is, is, yeah. the, is the achievement. Neither to abase nor to abound is right. an achievement. It's an experience. Yeah. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. All right. I'll do the next one. So far, so good. Verse 13. Take his garment... That is surety for a stranger and take a pledge of him for a strange woman. Now, maybe that needs the verses around it. No, well. I don't think so. I think it stands alone. What? what it stands that? alone. What does that mean? It stands alone. Surety, that's like a. But we're getting, um, this we're getting accustomed to these contrasting things mm-hmm. as the flow of the, of the proverb runs. Yeah. Well, of course, the scripture says becoming surety for a stranger is a stupid thing to do. Why of somebody you don't know? And, of course, the stranger here has something more to say than somebody you don't know. In fact, the stranger here can actually be somebody that you do know and you know better than to stand for that person. Because the word stranger here would indicate a foreigner, somebody alien to your way. So it's a technical word for foreigner, a stranger. Right. We're supposed to love the stranger, okay? But that doesn't mean 
you're a surety for him. You, you know what a surety is, right? It's like That's, when you're vouching for somebody? Yeah, not just vouching, but putting your place and you're putting yourself in the place of what he owes. Putting yourself in the place. That's what a surety is. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, you get arrested, right? All right. And collateral. You're, you are the collateral. Well, I put up the bond for you. Okay, keep going. Okay, that's my sh- – now, l- l- let's say I put up a bond for you. Okay. Let's go behind the scenes a little bit behind that bond. So, you know, you're in jail, $100,000 bond. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got to put up 10% just to spring you. Ten grand. Ten grand. Yeah, it's a big Nebraska one. Nebraska going to lose 10% of that just for doing it. Mm. It's a grand out of the pocket, period. Okay, so I put up ten grand, and that ten grand – was going to cover my bills this month and some other things. Right. But I go, well, this is all going to happen before the end of the month. I'll get nine grand back. He's promising to pay me. Even if he doesn't pay me, I can live with a $1,000 loss. But as I'm doing this, my wife says, well, you don't really know Jared. Oh, I know who he is. He's in trouble. He asked me to help. I can help him. It's the Christian thing to do. Sure. Spring you out of prison. You're so grateful. You re-promise me you'll pay me everything and mm-hmm. I go well you know you just need to show up for court next week Jared whatever it is you know no matter what else show up for court on Monday mm-hmm. so it's Sunday night and I tell my wife well Jared's going to show up for court tomorrow and I'll get my money back well I hope so so I send you a little text message Jared you're going to be in court in the morning of course I think I'll come down and see you there. Okay. So 9 o'clock, yep. So I go to court on 9 o'clock. Where's Jared? I'm now a surety for a stranger. Right. Okay, I'm the surety. Bad idea. You didn't show up. Yeah. Now you're, bond. you're on the hook. And you're nowhere to be found. I mean, Period. I guess, oh, man, that guy just did not think he'd bag on me, bagged on me, because you don't know him. Now, this doesn't say you're not surety for your brother, okay? That's a little different story. What's it mean, take his garment? Does that mean, like, is that like a mourning thing? Like, when you, what does it mean, take his garment? Take his, like, take his clothes? I just lost my, yeah, your, his garment is his shelter, right? Food, clothing, shelter. It's his shelter. It's his outer garment. This is an outer garment. Right. And that means I'm going to walk around cold, and I'm, I'm going to be exposed to the elements. All of a sudden, my life's going to become extremely difficult because I lost my outer garment. Now I'm exposed to the weather. Because you became surety for a stranger. I just lost nine grand that I needed to pay my bills. I've got those problems. It's not just that I lost nine grand. I now have a condition. Gotcha. So that's it. On the other hand, what's this part? Take a pledge of him for a strange woman. Well, <laughs> well, it's the, okay. For, it's the same thing. A pledge is a surety, right? A pledge is a surety. You're gonna. He's gonna get danged. He's gonna get hurt because he's hanging around strange women. And there's really okay. There's two applications to the strange woman. I think you're familiar with them, aren't you? Um. Well, I would think of the. Well, I I guess. Perhaps I would think of the unequal yoke, but I might also think of, like, Solomon with his strange wives. What's a strange woman, in your opinion? A woman that I don't know. I'm going to say it's a woman that you do know. This is also a foreign woman. Like, kind of a 
Why forbid- would you be hanging around a foreign woman? Forbidden fruit? Yeah. No reason hanging around a foreign woman whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. There's only one thing. Yeah. It's only one thing. It's always the same thing. This is like a, a seductress. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going down, man. This is going to cost you. And it's like absolute. You know, you surety for a stranger, you could say it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Strange woman, that's not really, I mean, it's a mistake, of course, but always. Always. Hmm. And so this is actually, I think, the thrust of this. I think the proper looking at this 13th proverb is I would never put money up for a guy I didn't know or for one of those guys. All right? I would never do that. I think that's the thought here. Of -hmm. course you wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Put up surety for one of them foreigners. Of course not. And yet. For a strange woman. You would hang with the strange woman. And there, you know, the difference is, uh, you know, you you take the pledge of him. You know, you're going to. You you hang around with a strange woman, you might not think you put up a pledge. You might not think there's anything really at risk or involved there. Probably lied to yourself about it. So I think there's a lot in that. Uh And the real warning is about a strange woman. Yeah. Which has two-level meaning, right? A two-fold meaning. What's the two-fold meaning? The first-fold meaning is just, just, you know, a woman that's just for sex. All right. But that's also the you know, the religious woman, the, the, the whole idea of a false religion. Ah. Which goes together with sex. Mm-hmm. That's the strange woman. So you don't flirt around with, you know, unfaithfulness in, to the scriptures. Just don't do that. Yeah. So that, that's twofold. All right. Let's, look, let's you know, the nice thing about Proverbs, you keep looking at them. Yeah. You know, they become more and more true to you, more and more detailed knowledge as you gain experience. But I know you'd like to move on to another one. Oh, this is just, this is fun. Let's do it another is. one. So far. <laughs> You're waiting for a real hard one. Yeah, I'm waiting for a very, well, you know, they all have more than I'm giving. I'll just say that. So let's look at uh, verse 21. Verse 21, as it's a fining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. Now, when I see furnace for gold, I think of of trying, of testing. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Same with the finding pot for silver. Yeah, I don't know what silver does, but I guess that would make sense that they'd be the same because they're saying this and this. You, you know, a silver, you boil a, you boil the silver in a pot and you scrape off the slag from the top. Okay. Very much, you know, just like furnace for gold. They're, they're, they're very much, it's, the refining process is the same. Okay. Apply heat, drag slag off the top. So is a man to his praise, is this saying that a man is tried by his praise? The subject is the finding pot. It's for silver. Right. The subject is the furnace. It's for gold. Man is tried by his praise. It's actually turned around. It inverts it. But yeah, you're not trying his praise. You're trying the man. By praise. By praise. I totally get it then. So, yeah, you know. You praise a guy, and he's on trial. He doesn't think so, you know. People like praise. Yeah. Guard goes down. Thank you very much. How are you going to handle it? But, in fact, you should be, you know, when you're being praised, you should be on guard. This is a test. Here comes the slag, right? Mm-hmm. What's going to be produced by you praising me is going to be scum that has to come off the top. <laughs> That's a pretty good picture. It is. Yeah. 
I haven't seen a lot of silver slag, you know, I haven't seen that go on, but I have seen lead slag. I, I have refined, I have in my life had to refine lead. Okay. Because I right. worked in a print shop, huh? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I worked in a letterpress operation, made window cards for theaters one summer. Okay. Yeah. Window cards. Window cards, you know, they like the stick them in the window. A the sign you put in the window, yeah. Used to do it for theaters. We had a small theater advertising company in town. It was a great job. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, you know, learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, screwing woodcuts into frames and get melting, you know, casting lead titles. In, you know, reverse right to left. You learn how to read right to left, reverse everything. Mm. And uh, tighten that all up into a frame, stick it on a letterpress press, and run some cardboard through there. Mm-hmm. Even used a snapper press where you had to put the card down with your hand and pick it back up after that press slapped onto it for small runs. And one of the things you do is you take your type when you're done with it, and you'd throw it in the refining pot and reheat it. Of course, it'd melt, you know, so you could cast it again into, you know, a mold. Reuse the and every colors, once, yeah. yeah, and every once in a while, you know, because of ink or whatever, you'd scrape the top, the slag off of that that would accumulate and mm-hmm. give yourself some new, fresh, you know, pretty-looking lead. A lead, I suppose, needs a lot more refinement than a silver. You never saw anything beautiful there. Right. You would with silver gold. Now, the rest of that verse, though, is important, isn't it? I mean, the rest of the— In 22. Yeah, 22. Though thou shouldst bray a, f- a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. That's a grinding up, you know, the braying of a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle. You know, you take something good and you grind it up. Mm-hmm. The guy with his praise, frankly, few succeed. The fool in him comes out. And that's why I think that, you know, fools being addressed next. You you know, you heap praise on a person and almost invariably, Jared, almost invariably, they don't realize they're being tested and they become fools. Uh, I've, I've known a lot of guys that live for praise, the praise of others, which the scripture says you ought not do, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, what does the scripture say about all men thinking well of you? says, woe unto you. Woe. I mean, not just look out, yeah. but woe unto you. In other words, if you are attracting praise from everybody, something really, really wrong with you. Something wrong with you. Now, how, who thinks that? Not very many. Not. What if you were to tell your children, you know, you come out of work and you're getting ready for dinner with... Uh, with your family, you know, and right beforehand, up runs Levi. Since we're talking about him today, up mm-hmm. runs Levi to you and goes, Dad, Mommy said, I'm a really good boy. Look at, you know, what I did. You know, I'm just so happy. I'm such a good boy. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I put him in check. As you should. Yeah. So, uh, well, I don't know, Levi. You might have passed your math test that you're so happy about, but I'm not sure you're passing this test. Mommy said what a good boy you are. Are you as good a boy as Mommy says you are? Of course, she's not. Right. So, yeah, I, you know, I think this is written because do we really think that praise is a test? 
I think sometimes it's obviously a test, and other times yeah. it's just... Especially when you meet a flatterer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, those you guys, the turtles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get the radar. Oh, and most up. excellent Felix. Yes. What great peace we have living under you. Mm-hmm. We accept it with all thankfulness. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's obviously a test, and you're like, this now, person was it Was it Frazier Crane, or was it Niles? I think Niles was the ultimate. Really, Niles the ultimate. Okay. Although Frazier could play him just as well. He sure could. But other times, it's not so obvious, you know. Exactly. And that, that that's really the problem. Yeah. Well, depends who it comes from, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if it comes from somebody you really want praise from, it's even a bigger test. Yeah. I'm shocked that mature men now, I'll count you in that class now. You're well, thanks. you're over thirty. Was that praise? Should, I couldn't. I didn't detect it. You should know better, right? You should know better. You're flattering me. I'm stunned. At full-grown men getting so easily sold with empty praise, you know, obviously geared to flatter them and to distract them from the Manipulate them. You're such a brilliant guy. I think women are much easier, and all guys know this, right? All you got to do is say, oh, you know, what nice clothes you have on today, Mrs. Cleaver. Right. Eddie Haskell, the ultimate, you know. So... I think women are respect, but this is about a man. See, this is about a man, not not focused on the woman here. It's focused on the man here, and honestly, this is the one you don't see coming a lot of times. It's hmm. a good warning. Yeah, don't be a nice guy. Nice guys finish last in the kingdom of the heavens. Nice guys don't even finish. 